You are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Broad River Church. Let's get ready to listen to God's Word. say Merry Christmas to everybody when you came in, but some of you are still kind of waking up, all right? So what I want you to do now, I want you to find the person in back of you, in front of you, to your, both your side. Just give them your best Christmas smile, all right? Just let them know how happy you are to see them today. For four weeks, we've been immersed in just one chapter of the Bible, we've been looking at the Gospel of John, chapter 1, as we considered the question, what does it mean for God to take on human flesh and walk among us? Actually, what does it mean? Does it mean anything? Or has Christmas become merely commonplace and just normal? And here's what we found. The first chapter of John, where we spent the entire month, just screams out, this is not routine. Right? This is not designed to be something that we just build a holiday around and remember. This changes everything. In the beginning was the Word. There in the beginning with God. There in the beginning the Word was God. And the Word came and we saw put up a tent right in the middle of where we live. And the reason it's important to realize this is because understanding the reality of what happened in human history sets us up for an encounter with the living God. If you come to understand what has happened in human history, you are set up for an encounter with the living God. Let me read from John chapter 1, verses 19 through 23, and then I'll pop down to verses 43 through 51. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and said, He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Then down in verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew, and Peter, and Peter. Peter found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law, and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Tears are falling 
Hearts are breaking. How we need to hear from God. You've been promised. We've been waiting. Welcome, holy child. Welcome, holy child. Hope that you. How I wish we could have known But long awaited Holy stranger Make yourself at home Please make yourself at home what Christmas means to people who have encountered the Christ. Have you ever built something up in your head to be bigger than it actually was? I find with me it happens a lot with vacations. It'll, it'll be a couple of months out from a vacation, and you'll start thinking about the vacation and kind of looking forward to it. It's kind of like it's going to be so good to get away, but then you continue to fantasize over it and obsess about the vacation, just about how awesome it's going to be to get away. And so by the time you end up heading out on vacation, your expectations for what that vacation is going to be like and what it's going to deliver to you in just five or six short days is so extraordinarily high that you find yourself a few days into the vacation, you kind of start to feel disappointed. We do this sometimes with holidays too. 
don't we? You know, my job is tough, things with the family are hard, my marriage isn't doing really well, but if we can just make it to the holidays, it's going to all be all right. But then, of course, there's no holiday that can fix problems that took years to create. And so if we're not careful, Christmas can end up being a letdown because our expectations of what Christmas is going to deliver to us is just off. If you've ever seen the movie Elf, the letdown of the holiday is one of the important themes. Will Ferrell plays a human raised by elves at the North Pole who goes to New York to look for his human father. And Buddy, the human raised by elves, I don't know if you remember, is all about Santa Claus, right? And he gets a job, and he finds out that Santa Claus is coming to his store, so he goes out of his way to go over the top, decorating for the arrival of Santa, and then when Santa shows up, he goes crazy. He's so full of joy. He's jumping up and down until he finds out. Okay, spoiler alert. Okay, you've had about 25 years to watch it, okay, or something like that. He finds out it isn't Santa at all. It's just some guy wearing a costume. It's a super funny movie, but it's also sad because what Buddy had his hopes up too high and he was disappointed. And it's sad because Elf is a really good analogy to how things are for many of us this time of year. We get our hopes up so high and many of us go over the top in decorating and that's great and making plans and we should. And of course, shopping and more shopping and more sh shopping and more shopping but there isn't any retail therapy strong enough to overcome our disappointment when the season doesn't deliver everything that we hoped that we it would but as we read John's account of Jesus coming into this world we shouldn't be of the mind that we can set our sights too high the, the result about reading about the word who came and dwelt among us shouldn't be, okay, well, we should lower your expectations and you won't be disappointed. No, come to find out, we didn't get our hopes up high enough. We've been saying over and over again in this season, why doesn't Christmas shock us more? Why aren't we more surprised when we read the story of the incarnation? We've got all this excitement and wonder and awe for a knockoff version of a season that's no better than a stand-in for the real thing. I want you to hear this this morning. You can never get your hopes up too high when you are focused on Christ. I'm going to say that again. I want about 32 people to say amen this time, all right? You can never get your hopes up too high when you are focused on Christ. Amen. That was about 58 of you. That's great. Because what we see as we end this Now in Flesh appearing series here on Christmas Eve is John just looking at the greatness of Christ. We've looked a lot at Jesus, and that's right. But just for a minute, notice John and what he had to say about Jesus. Now, you have to know this about John. He was a very famous person at the time of this writing. John would have had a lot of TikTok followers, okay? He was an influencer of the highest order. Most people would look at John and say, there's a great person, but John is very clear about a few things. In verse 20, in verse 20, he says, hey, I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the one you've been waiting on to save you. I'm not the Christ. In verse 21, he goes even further. He says, I'm not even the prophet. 
Elijah's the big daddy. Everybody knows his name. John says, I'm not even him. John said, I've only got one job. In verse 23, he said, to the point, my job is to point to the greatness of Christ. Listen, I want to make it easy for people to see who Jesus is. I want the road to Jesus to be clear so no one is confused about what is happening. This very famous man says this, my whole existence can be summed up into one statement. I am here to help get the world ready for Jesus. I like seeing John here as we head into dinner with family and spending time with friends and family over the next few days. Those of you that are Christ followers especially, I want you to hear this today because you can see with John that his encounter with Jesus doesn't leave him in any place of arrogance or superiority. In fact, all we can hear from John is him saying over and over again, it's not me, it's him. I'm not the rescuer. I'm not the prophet. He is. Hear this, when it comes to helping other people see who Jesus is, you cannot convince anyone to believe. Of course, you can't save them either, but what can you do? You can follow John's example of what he has to say in verse 29. He saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world the end of verse 12 he gave those people who believed in his name he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of flesh nor of the will of man but God what can you do during this season you can point to the one who takes away the sins of the world and the rest is up to God that's how John responds what about Nathaniel we saw the second name when Nathaniel first hears about Jesus he's skeptical I've heard about this town, Nazareth, where Jesus is from. I'm skeptical about anyone who is from that place. But then he has this whole interaction with Jesus. It's kind of deep. You have to dig into it on your own time for a few verses. But look at where things end up in verse 50. Jesus said to him, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe you will see greater things than these? And he said to him, what, what did he say? Leave, leave, leave verse 50 up there. He said, he said, Nathaniel encounter with Jesus, ends up with Jesus saying to Nathaniel, something I want everyone here to receive today. Jesus says to Nathaniel, you will see better things. You will see greater things than these. This is what I mean when I say that this holiday is too often just a stand-in for the real thing. And we're disappointed when our lowered expectations aren't met. The knockoff celebration promises a lot, but doesn't deliver. Let me say it this way. Cultural Christmas with a little C. Here's what it says. You can expect a lot, but you won't take a lot away. Look at how different an encounter with Jesus is. Jesus says exactly the opposite. He says you can expect a lot, and what you end up taking away, what you end up seeing when I'm done, what you end up experiencing is even greater than anything that you ever hoped for. But what are the greater things we're going to see? And Jesus points back to the left side of your Bible and the story of a man named Jacob who had a dream. And there were angels descending and ascending this ladder, coming down from heaven and going back up into heaven. But Jesus' point is the same point that John's been making for this entire chapter. This season is only about one thing, and I love the way Pastor Mike started today. That is Jesus himself. 
This is the gift that is worth pursuing. This is the gift worth having. And why does Jesus point to this ancient story of a ladder when he says greater things you will see? He's making it clear that you don't have to wait for the Savior to come down and you don't have to ascend into heaven because the Son of Man has come down to us. Who is the one? Who is the one who's come down to dwell where we live? I read a verse here a couple of weeks back from prophet Isaiah chapter 6. Let me read these verses again. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Who is this one that's coming down? Above him stood the fairest seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. Who is this one who set up a tent among us? And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory and the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called and the voice was filled with smoke and I said, woe is me for I am lost for I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King the Lord of hosts the one that Isaiah saw has come into our midst we're at an all-time high in our world for people wanting to have things revealed to them. So we look to the stars, and we read cards, and we chant, and we have our crystals, because the human heart yearns and desires revelation. But here's the thing, I can tell you that the end result of most of that seeking, of that desire, is disappointment because what is revealed at the end of most of those roads is just a disappointing stand-in for the real thing. Because the point of revelation is not any item. The point of revelation is not Jacob's ladder or any tool that helps us see higher things. The point of revelation is Jesus himself. All the desires of everyone who ever, has ever searched for greater things have been fulfilled in Jesus. Today and tomorrow, let's not lose sight of the fact that the greatest gift available to us is Jesus. Jesus is better than anything you're going to receive tonight or tomorrow. So think of the most classic Christmas scene you can imagine. Jesus says, you will see greater things than these. Think of the most peaceful, snow-covered Christmas village, and Jesus says, you will see greater things than these. I remember the look on my children's faces as they came down the stairs into a room filled with presents. What an amazing sight. All the best houses covered with all the grandest light shows. Jesus says, you will see greater things than these. The Christmas cookies, the movies you're going to watch, to all of that, Jesus says, you will see greater things than these. There is nothing that compares to the greatness of knowing Jesus. The Christmas song that John sang two weeks ago has it right. It says, yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Lord Jesus, thank you for gathering us in. I'm thankful because I know that no one here is, is here by accident. Even if somebody got drugged here against their will, Lord, you are receiving them and loving them 
and accepting them right where they are. Thank you, Lord, that this is a place that you gather in that we can belong even before we believe. But Jesus, we do set our sights on you. You are the one to believe in. All the mysteries of the world have been revealed in your coming. All the desires of all the nations have been revealed in your coming. You took our sins on yourself. Lord, thank you that you didn't wait for us to come running to you. In fact, you came and pursued us even when we were running as fast and as hard as we could in the other direction. You said you loved us, Lord, with an everlasting love. You've loved us with a love that doesn't end. We thank you for your coming, Jesus. We thank you for what it means. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Why don't we stand together? And I would like you to get... Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you connected with this sermon, share it with a friend. You can find us on all social media platforms and YouTube, or visit us on Sunday in person at two locations in Norwalk and three service times. Have a great week.